We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your Thursday, December 14th edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. Uh, a little twist of fate here. We are not going to have Andrew Spade with us tonight. He has, I guess, Jordan, something more important to do. He liked to give you some shit when you weren't with us. So the the floor is yours to to go ahead and, and just roast Andrew for not. I mean, he pretty much bailed. So, you know, give it to us. Yeah, he bailed. Um, you know, I think he's trying to uh, be cool and say, you know, like, oh, I can't do it till later. I just have so much going on. You know, like he's he's got a dinner. He's got a club appearance. You know, he's got a speaking engagement. Um, yeah, I guess he's just um, I guess he's got more going on and can't do it until the wee hours of the evening. You know, he's got um, he's a social butterfly. So he's not the same Andrew Spade that joined me back in may and june july no he's acting he's, he's acting different flacco's got him acting different dude he's acting you know, different watching flacco yeah he's acting different the, the publicly they, they really need to know this so you know we'll see if andrew has time for this show in the future but i wanted the truth to get out there so that we can you know hold people accountable that's what we need to do yeah. around here anyway speaking of holding people accountable um we have injuries doing that to the cleveland browns at a pretty historic pace I mean, I don't know. Let me put it this way. I don't think it's historic. That's not the right word. There are a lot of teams and some guys on IR, but I think the proportion of, and Andrew uh, ironically said it pretty well yesterday, like the proportion of injured reserve to star or um, wildly important players for the Browns is, is, is really high. You know, it's really high. So I would imagine Grand Delpit went, sought out some second opinions, didn't get the second opinion that he was hoping for. He's placed on IR today. That's the big news. And then on top of that, they bring Duran Harmon up, which I'll write about him for tomorrow, about where he's you know been playing, what he's been doing recent years, how he can be relatively effective for them with where they're trying to you know fill the void of safety. But uh, I, I think that losing Delpit stinks, man. And then we learn that you know, Agbo Okoronkwo is also going to be potentially, I can't, we can't say with certainty he wasn't put on the IR today. He was just listed with a pectoral injury uh, on his end, but it is feared that he is also going to be going on IR as well. So I think the thing, Jordan, that we've been leaning into is that the offense has been 
pretty beat up, like really beat up. But the defense has sort of held it together. Now, they've missed Juan for a game or two, or they've missed Denzel for a game or two. I think Greg has missed two games this year as well. So they've had guys in and out, but it's been the collective of that side. The core of it has been intact. And I, and by the core, I mean Miles, you know, like JOK, Denzel, Grant. That group has been more healthy than unhealthy by a wide margin compared to the offense. But now with Mohurst, Ogbo, Delpit, you talk about Denzel missing a couple straight weeks. It's like it's starting to catch up on that side of the ball, man. So uh, your reaction to that as you hear it and kind of where you're at with the team right now. Yeah, the Del- the Delpit one sucks. I don't think there's any other way to sort of put that. Um, you know, I think him and him and JOK probably outside of of Miles have been um, just a, a real pleasure to watch this season. And, uh, you know, Delpit is Delpit stuff because, yeah, he can do, we've talked about this before, he can just do so many things. They, he's so versatile. Um, and the Browns sort of and Jim Schwartz employ him in all those ways. So that's really tough. He just signed, you know, he just got his extension and, you know, they're, they're just having this great season and it's just tough for some of these guys, you know, hopefully with both Delpit and um, Ogbo, if that kind of comes to fruition, they, they can return both, you know, for the playoffs, if the Browns kind of hold on and get there. So there's, th- that's the, I guess, if you want to try and sugarcoat it positively a little bit, it's, you know, not season ending, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it, the roster is almost like becoming unrecognizable in terms of like, what this team was going into the season and what they are now. And it is funny. You had, I thought you had a great sort of quote tweet this morning of a, I believe it was a Dolphins reporter, just panicking over the Dolphins losing their center (laughs) and be like, I don't know if they'll be able to overcome this. And it's just like the, the way that certain things get talked about. I mean, there, there really no team should be able to, survive the type of injuries that the Browns have survived. It really is honestly a, it's more than, it's more than good coaching. It's more than all that. Like there's some, there's just some greater powers at work here that has them sitting at eight and five with everything that they've been through. And it's so funny to see a tweet like, you know, and from their perspective, yes, that's a huge loss for the Dolphins. They're like, oh man, you know, the line is so important to protecting Tua and we've got this very timing-based offense, all that stuff, but you can't help but laugh now. It's like, yeah, Browns don't have, anybody left they're going to be playing with like things of dust uh, as their <laughs> offensive linemen like it's so it sucks man I think you know you're just kind of numb to it now like the Delpit news I was just like well <laughs> like there's another one another body so um just kind of par for the course but you know it's tough man it's tough because they they've put themselves in such a great position um to just get in the playoffs and then see what happens from there. And I still think that's what's going to happen, but man, you'd feel better if you just had some of those guys, especially on defense, because you know, you're going to have to lean on that side of the ball. And and now you're starting to lose guys there too. Yeah. So Harmon steps in for Delpit is what we would imagine trying to replicate that role. Hickman will be on the field quite a bit. Third safety, D'Anthony Bell will be around. Those guys were on the field. Uh, Ogbo leaves. So that probably means a bigger role for Alex Wright. So you probably will see Isaiah McGuire get to the active roster. Uh, sorry, game day roster. He's on the active roster. You would imagine he sees an uptick. I know they brought Sam Kamara in, who can do a little bit inside and outside. So that will be an increased snap count situation for those guys. Uh, inside, I mean, you still have Dalvin. You still have Shelby. 
Jordan Elliott's in concussion protocol. We'll see if he's able to go. I'm doubting that. So you're going to be even a little tighter against things uh, with a, you know, Justin Fields quarterback that can get out, move and scramble and make people look silly in the pocket at times. So uh, how they navigate that Jordan losing Ogbo and then kind of trying to figure out because Ogbo is such a shifty, you know, he's a shifty player, he's a movement player, speed rush type that could have uh, really fit this game pretty perfectly. So losing him stinks, but they, they do have some pieces here that they're hoping step in and uh, and step up, right? You you hope Thornhill's back. He didn't practice again today with the calf, so that's obviously important to know. And I'll walk us through the injury report real quick because I think it's important for everybody to just be updated on what's going on, who's out, who's in. So you had, uh, I'm trying to cover for you people that are not injury, uh, non-injury related rest guys, even though all the rest guys also have another designation tied to their name, like Batonio's a knee, Cooper's a ribs issue, Miles Garrett's a shoulder issue, right? So uh, DNPs of the non-injury related rest or personal, because Dustin Hopkins missed for some uh, personal reason here. Um, so Posich is out still with a stinger. It must have been a wild stinger to keep him out of the entire yeah. game. And then now another DNP on top of that. So Thornhill's out. Um, that one is obviously massive to see if there can be some sort of familiarity at safety. Kareem Hunt with a groin, so he's not put under rest. He's designated with a groin issue in a non-practice, and then Jordan Elliott. And then the other one worth noting is um, Denzel Ward, but he was limited. But he was limited all last week, too, and didn't play. So we shall see. On the Bears' side, Jaquan Brisker, who's a really nice safety for them, is limited on his end with a groin injury. And then a couple worth paying attention to. Um, DJ Moore who's their best wide receiver by a wide margin is dealing with an ankle injury, which he hurt um, against the Lions on a, on a carry. According to Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com, who covers the Bears, he said he tweaked it uh, on his third carry of the game against the Lions, probably some sort of reverse or jet sweep, and was good enough to use the adrenaline to finish the game, but is not practicing right now. So keep an eye on that. I would imagine he goes, though, but... I think that, you know, just him dealing with some sort of, you know, in injury to an ankle is is certainly, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world for the Browns situation. So we'll follow that closely throughout the week. And then Dylan Cole, linebacker for them, missed for a personal reason, but I think he'll be uh he'll be he'll be fine and ready to go. But that's that's a very short list. You're talking about I don't know, the Browns probably have fifteen, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen again on top of Delpit now being put on IR, so that's another one. And then the Bears have four on their list and one player on IR. So you're talking about yeah, two. The, the difference in sizes, I was just going to say, of like when you put the Bears into report under the Browns into report, and the Browns into report is like three-fourths of the page. And then, yeah, it's just here's a couple Bears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got a couple guys got some stuff going on, but they're they're fine. They, oh. they did lose Ngakwe to an ankle, broken ankle, um, which is you know the top of their pass rush depth chart, him and Montez Sweat. So, you know, Browns will – not that nobody, no one here is pulling for injuries, but it's hard to feel sorry for them. It's funny the uh, ship of Theseus, right? Came up in a dia. Uh, the uh, we were tagged on that, and I think you were tagged in it yeah. too. Your response was funny. Um, Jordan, or uh, sorry, you're Jordan. Andrew and I talked about it last night. How <laughs> this kind of fits, where you take every single piece of the Browns and change them out by the end of the year. Are they still the Browns? <laughs> like that's a question worth analyzing. I mean. 
I think Jack Duffin had tweeted there were like maybe eight guys who started the year at the top of the depth chart who are who have played every week this year for them. That's that's pretty insane to see how, how much they've been hit by big injuries, but those nagging ones too that have caused guys to miss you know some time here. I guess the the answer that Andrew had is that the, the soul remains was his theory. So hmm. although you might have a lot of changed out pieces of this Cleveland Brown ship, the Browns is still the Browns because the soul, the coaching staff and the heart of the team, you know, the biggest names are still uh, Miles and some of the others, Betonio. There's enough of those big names remaining to make the soul stay intact. So I don't know if you have a counter to that, Jordan, but you can counter it. That's, I mean, that's deep, you know, that's some philosophical, as we were talking about, you know, paradoxes here. Um, I think that, you know, some have said that Nick, Nick Chubb, it was the soul of the Browns and he was, he was taken away to another dimension. Um, You know, also with Joe Flacco playing quarterback, it does feel a little bit like the Browns were sort of put into, you know, shout out stranger things to the, like they just flipped them and now they're just, they're upside down and, you know, if you if you told somebody, if you told one of us while Flacco was playing for the Ravens, like at his peak, that like, yo, in 2023, um, he's going to play for the Browns, but uh, he'll be 38 and he's going to be the fourth. They're going to sign him three-fourths through the year and he's going to be their fourth-string quarterback. And you just try to like imagine that scenario. So my, my answer, I think I would counter, I, I would say I think part of the soul is still there, but they are certainly not the Cleveland Browns as we know as we've known them these last couple of years, they are sort of, it's like one of those paintings where it's just somebody throwing paint against the wall, you know, like that's what this feels like. There's a couple colors that you're always going to use, but maybe you ran out of the other ones and you're just like, well, what do I have in the, what do I have in storage? What kind of old paint haven't I? You're just throwing it at a wall. That's what it feels like. So that's my metaphor of the day. I feel, I think the question is sort of uh well, I'll do I'll do two questions for you before we shift off this is if I would have told you before the season we did that NFL megapod right and a lot of people listen to it thanks to you guys shout out um the browns would be week 15 one game behind the dolphins tied with the chiefs okay but they're going to be four quarterbacks deep they're going to have both of their tackles missing for the year and pretty much the first two tackles at each tackle side missing for the year. Okay. They're going to lose. I'll even just like, I wouldn't even get even more wild than we're being. I'm not even going to mention the recent injuries. Just saying those things. Like what would you just like, I know you could put like 10 bucks on it or so like long odds, but would you even be talked into taking that gamble? Like, could you even be like talked into like 50 cents that's how far-fetched it feels we're at right now. Like, no, man, why would I even give you a single cent of my money for that? That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a, it's a sucker's bet. It's the same thing with Sam Hartman having more fantasy points this year than, than Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes hasn't missed a single minute of action, right? None of this stuff makes sense this year. The, the AFC and NFC Player of the Week were Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets like, getting what's going on? two... Yeah, what's going on? Like, how is Zach Wilson back playing and then just, like, had the best game of maybe his career after he's been benched 17 times? Yeah, it's a 
it is one of the stranger NFL seasons, not just the Browns, but but everything. It was funny. I was looking my fantasy. I made the fantasy playoffs, you know, just kind of toot my own horn. Seven and seven, 500, but I made it, Jake. Um, so I, uh, I, Justin Herbert was my quarterback. He's out. So I'm like, man, who's left? And I was, you scroll through names and it's like, IR, IR, out, IR, IR, yep. Joe Flacco. <laughs> So, Bro Flacco's eyeing you, man. Joe Flacco this week, baby. You know, like let's five go. touchdowns in two weeks. He's got I'm he's got he some, put up big numbers last week. He sure did. Now the Bears defense is playing pretty well. We're gonna have to see how this challenge goes this week, but nonetheless, Joe Flacco, if he's out there in your fantasy playoff run opportunity, put him put him on your put him on your squad. Just you never know. Just yeah, in case, it's for for leadership. Yeah, for leadership. Right. Speaking of leadership, there's a great video out where they they mic'd up miles garrett i'm gonna play the last minute of it for you guys okay i think it's really really good and there's a couple reasons right it's got a it's actually funny when you mic up defensive linemen they don't really talk much there's like long portions of this where it's just like mild grunting (laughs) it's like okay it's good to know the noise he makes when he's trying to win off the edge but there are some quotes from jags players that stand out to me so i'm gonna play that for you guys right now Tried to make it easy, do we? Hell no. Hey, no, bro, never. Okay, you are a monster, bro. I Keep doing you, your brother. thing, bro. Yes, Love sir. watching you. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, you lead, I follow, now. Gotcha. I'm coming up there with you, now. Hey, I'm I see it. Year, I brother. seen it from day one. Yes, sir. Keep doing your thing, bro. That's a yes, respect. Likewise, brother. How you doing? You're good as well. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, glad How was I? First start ever tackle. You actually look really good, bro. Thanks, Yeah, good sets. There's so much to love there, Jordan. I, I think you got to start out with what you tweeted. I tweeted it too, actually, which is Trevor Lawrence <laughs> saying, man, I'm glad I'm glad I'm not in your division. <laughs> That's like such a sign of respect. And really, like, it's cool to see these guys who we saw come in at 21, 22, now being the guys that others are coming up to. Like the respect for Miles in that video from so many people, Ezra, Ezra Cleveland and Trevor and Josh Allen. It's so cool to see, and I I think that's something that we need more of. I think you need to see – I would love to see more in the evolution of the leadership of David, of Denzel, and of Miles. And it was really cool to get a behind-the-curtain look at just how much he's respected, you know? It, it was really cool. It was almost like – it was almost like he was a, a Hall of Famer who was, like, in his last se- – you know, like, future Hall of Famer, his last season, guys coming up and being like, oh, it was such an honor, and, you know, Miles is – right smack dab in the middle of his prime that's when that's the ultimate respect I thought yeah a couple of the lines that stood out you know Josh Allen saying you know you lead I follow I thought that was really really cool um you know it's obvious how much Josh has like watched Miles and tried to emulate him um yeah you've got the the Trevor line but then the the Ezra Cleveland being like it's my first game at tackle man how did I do you know just being like (laughs) wanting to get like pointers and tips from miles it was adorable like it was like this this little kid meeting like his his idol for the first time i found i found that one uh the best part of it because like multiple times he's like miles did you know that this is actually my first game at tackle you know just like and miles being like good luck man so yeah that um, part was so funny yeah, yeah. hey yeah. appreciate it brother and then he says my first game at tackle he's like all right good luck bro <laughs> yeah but it was he's like um, a kid trying to get miles approval at the end of the game you could yeah. feel miles being like all right yeah man you tried really hard good all right job. dude yeah you did good i have to go um <laughs> But yeah, I it's cool to have a player. Man, we've just it's just been so far and few since the Browns came back where they had 
a player that not only is talented, but like it's very clear the rest of the league just looks up to him, respects him. Um, that's really cool. And I, I, I like what you said, like more of that from this team. I think I think David's kind of working his way into it. And I think as David, you know, kind of continues to grow as, as a player and really make his mark on offense, um, that'll come a little easier to him too. But yeah, man, it's cool to have. That's why, like, you know, the Nick Chubb thing is such a bummer. Now, Nick doesn't really talk, but, like, just his presence and the respect of other players. Like, everybody is a fan of Nick Chubb, and it's cool to have those players because for a long time, the Browns did not have any of those players outside of Joe Thomas, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, um, so that was cool. It's a really, if you haven't watched the the mic'd up, uh, it's Browns Instagram or Browns Twitter, go find it. It's really, really good. Really, really good. It's, they do, um, some stuff every week, not just a mic'd up player, but they do like a game rewind and they, you get a bunch of inside access. So yeah, shout out to the Browns uh, department there for uh, doing that because I think fans need more access to understanding who these guys are without a helmet on their head. Right. So good, uh, good stuff all the way around. Last thing I want to hit on before we take a break is the Flacco neutral passing stuff. It's kind of strange. Two straight weeks here. The Browns have gone from a team in neutral pass situations where maybe you're not expected. It's actually neutral passes to put it in in less complicated terms. It's where you could, you could just run it as likely to run as you are to, to maybe pass. Right. I think that's how I would phrase it. Um, and you're, you're passing a little over expected. So maybe even situations where you're expected to run, you're throwing it too. And the Browns have been on the heavy run side of that all year, despite what a lot of people with Denny's menus and their pictures (laughs) <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter things, there there are uh, quite a few ev- pieces of evidence that Kevin does lean to running the football way more than the average play caller does, even without Nick. Right, so you know that that argument has been falling on anybody with a competent functioning brain cell could could tell you that throughout the year. But this late trend here, and I I mean I certainly noticed it. It's funny. I, I've talked to you guys about this when we, they brought Flacco in. Like, oh, they're not going to throw him forty times. I think the Jets did. Jets are idiots. Well, they've done it twice in a row, and <laughs> here we are. But he looks really comfortable doing it here. And I think you would watch it and note that there are some times that as he gets more comfortable, it could get even better. So I don't know, Andrew. I thought I, I thought Andrew like yesterday made a good point about how he could get better, some opportunities to get better, whatever. But I also thought this game last week lasted forever. It was one of the longest. Like, I kept looking at the clock, like, how is this situation? There's 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Like, it just, I felt like so many times I was asking myself that. I guess I'm thinking, I'm asking you for a prediction here, Jordan. Do you think this trend continues over the next few weeks? This is, um, it's not the Jags don't have, they have a good defense, right? And the Rams are, the Rams are okay. Uh, Rams are okay, but I am curious because Chicago's playing pretty well. We know the Jets can play some defense, right? And we know the Bengals at times have been have been up and down, but have been better of late. So, yeah, I'm really interested if they're going to keep doing. Do you think they can keep the pace up with <laughs> the 38 year old Joe Flacco? Is kind of the big conundrum. Yeah, I think that's a really good question because you just don't know, you know, what kind of shape his arm is in in terms of like three, four games in and he's, he's throwing 40 times a game. I, I would not be surprised if, you know, Kevin and the coaching staff is aware of what they put on tape with him so far. And, you know, 
if we we see them mix it up now a little more against Chicago. I don't know what the I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like in in Cleveland this weekend, Jake. But um, you know, it, I'm assuming it will be coldish. Um, so you know, we may. Although I guess it wasn't particularly warm against uh, against the Jaguars either. So um, I I think you know your response to my tweet of that was funny. It was like you know Flacco freed and Flacco freed Stefanski to start calling some some shots and I I think there's I think there's a lot of truth in that too I think um I I think part of it is you know they have really just struggled to be efficient in the run game um especially lately like it's just they don't have the horses for it I think there's very severe limitations of both Kareem Hunt and um why am I blanking on uh, Jerome Ford? There it is. Uh, you know, severe limitations on both those guys. And I think he feels somewhat comfortable with, with Joe Flacco, who the, the thing that stood out to me the most about him through two weeks, he's had obviously some tough interceptions. Although I think, you know, the one against the Jaguars was kind of just like, this is the play. This is where the receiver is supposed to be. I'm just throwing it. And obviously the receiver gets caught up in traffic and he throws it right to a DB, but you know, for the most part, his anticipation on the th- on throws has been excellent. And I think, like, for Stefanski, that's probably huge for him this season because he just hasn't had quarterbacks who are putting the ball where it needs to go on time, in rhythm, that type of thing. So maybe they, they try to turn the passing ga- um, game down a little bit, but I don't know, man. We might, you know, it might be a brand-new Kevin Stefanski out here. He's, he might be letting his hair down, and he's like, listen, like, Flacco wants to sling it. I kind of want to sling it. Like, we, ha- we just had success against the Jack- a pretty good defense they had for a while. They were having success against the Rams up, up until that, pr- you know, that was unfortunately such a backbreaking interception. But, like, they're having success doing it. And so if you're having success throwing the ball and you're struggling to run, which the Browns now are, you know, things have just flipped a little bit. So I, I think they're going to – I think he's going to keep riding that, that Flacco's right arm and we'll see where it takes him. Yeah, I don't see some massive downward trade. Now, they might get out in front early and be able to find some rhythm running against some teams. They they certainly couldn't find any running rhythm. I, I just I broke it down like they have no they had no running rhythm. They weren't able to just run out the clock the way yeah. we would like them to without throwing it. They weren't moving the football unless they threw it in this game. So, you know, if you want to pick on the style of run in which they're using or the performance of players in the run game, that's a different conversation entirely willing to have that. But. Kevin's propensity or willingness here to throw with Flacco and trust him and design some concepts that allow him to drop back from under center, right? Or get off the right play action that allows these guys on the edges, Hudson and Christian to block it up a little bit for him is, is working well. And I think instead of coming at him to try to fry him about it, I would probably lean on being a little thankful, but um, you know, hey, you do. You know, you that's do just you. one man's opinion, Jake. Okay, it's just one yep. man's opinion. You know, one, we're all on. As I said in a tweet, we're all on different journeys here. You I know, like some that. Have, some have arrived a little earlier than others, but we're all on a path. Yeah, because if they kept running the football the way you you wanted them to, you're talking about not scoring more than fourteen or seventeen points and just running for like two or three yards of carry and punting a lot. So. If that's what you like in your journey, may you find peace in that journey. We're going to continue the journey of the playoffs. What's up? You like that? Hey, you like that? Yeah, you had that. Listen, that's a bar. You know, a that bar. is a bar. Put it on wax. I, um, I've been joking around, but I'm telling people now that like 
any new friends that I'm making in life, I have to, I, as I'm vetting them, I, my, I just have one question and it is, have you ever called into a radio show to say they, a, a team should run the ball more? And if you have, I'm sorry, this isn't, you know, I can't spend time with you. So moving forward, that's just, it's, it's what it is. I'm sorry to any new friends that may or may not be coming into my life, but we've got to have that talk because I, I need to know what the answer is. It's really important to me. You heard Jordan. He needs an answer. Get it to him. We're going to be right back. Taking a break. Sponsors are going to talk to you. Then we'll be right back. We're going to do some playoff fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view, which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money. Right, It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com. It is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so for the sake of this week, we're just going to do the AFC. We'll talk about the NFC next week. How's that sound? Let Andrew maybe come back and... You know, actually yeah. flip that. We'll let Andrew get involved in the AFC. We'll just do okay, the that's NFC. Fair. 
That's fair. All right. That's fair. So here we go. NFC side. Cowboys Eagles. Who do you think's winning that division? Do you think the Cowboys can pull it off? The Cowboys remaining schedule is pretty spicy. They go to Buffalo this week, then they go to Miami, then they host the Lions and they close at Washington. Spicy. While the Eagles, if I have the uh, schedule up here in front of me, the Eagles have a simpler path. They get the Giants two times. So they go at Seattle this week, host the Giants and Cardinals, and go to New York. So are you taking the Eagles in that scenario? Because I believe the Eagles have the tiebreak too. Yeah, I think I think I am taking the Eagles just because of schedule. I think the Cowboys are maybe playing the best they've ever played in the Dak era right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that Eagles schedule, I'd probably, I'd probably take the Eagles just because those that just feels like a lot of wins for a team that's maybe a little pissed off right now because they've they haven't been uh, playing up to you know the standard as uh, as Jalen Hurts said in a presser a couple weeks ago they you know they got to play the standard and they're not playing the standard which I've never really understood what that means Mike Tomlin loves to say the standard's the standard I don't know what it means but players love to say it okay so. Next one is is not one as close for the rest of them. And well, there's the NFC South. Okay, uh, Lions. <laughs> Lions are nine and four. Vikings are seven and six. Packers are six and seven. Do you think anyone catches the Lions? The Lions have coming up, and they're not playing great football right now. And also amazing to see that they haven't beat a single team over five hundred this year outside of KC. The first week after that, they beat everybody who's under five hundred. Sort of amazing. Uh, the yeah. the Lions close um, uh, against Denver at home this week, at the Vikings, at the Cowboys, home for the Vikings. So obviously they get the Vikings twice. So the Vikings could, in theory, come back here a little bit because they, you know, the Lions play Denver and they travel to Dallas. Those are not easy games outside of that. So the question is, do you think, do you think they're uh, caught by the Vikings because they beat the Packers? Once, uh, so those guys split, but the Packers, eh, they're six and seven, so it's hard to see that the the Lions need those ones. Yeah, we'll just consider the Vikings. Do you think the Vikings catch them or not? Nick Mullins is starting, um, by the way. Yeah, Nick Mullins, name starter. Um, I just don't. They, also, Alexander Madison, I think, is, is going to miss some time um, as well. So they're, yeah, they're just in a tough spot, even with Justin Jefferson saying he's going to play. So I would say no. I think the Lions will will hold on. Um, also, the Lions, it's, I think all of those games are in a dome, uh, all of their last four in some form or another. The Lions, when they play outside, seem just bad. Like they just, Jared Goff in, in slightly below average temperature. It's like cannot, does not play well. Um, so, you know, maybe if they had some more outside games, but um, – I, I think the Lions will win enough of those to to hold off the Nick Mullins. Let shout out to former Brown uh, Nick Mullins uh, getting the start there. So, but I, I, I think the uh, Lions hold on by a thread. Brown's legend, as they Brown's as legend you, uh, as you will. Okay, so I should update you on this stuff too. So the the New York Times is a great simulator here. It has the Eagles as a sixty nine percent chance, nice to win the division, and then it has the Cowboys at thirty one percent. So there's your. There's your odds. It actually gives the Eagles a 20% chance to get the bye as well. Um, not obviously as high as the 49ers who have a 74% chance to get the bye uh, and home field advantage through the playoffs. So, all right, Lions, uh, 99% chance to make the playoffs, 91% chance to make uh, the you know, win the division. So there's that. Uh, on the, yeah. the, the NFC South, 
is Let's uh, go, three, baby. three teams at six and seven. My Bucks prediction is still floating out there, folks. They actually have the highest percentage to make the playoffs, the Bucks, 55%, and the highest percentage chance to win the division. Uh, so the Bucks are closing the year at Green Bay versus Jacksonville versus New Orleans and then closing at Carolina. Okay. So that's their route. The Saints host the Giants, travel to LA to face the Rams at the Bucks, home for the Falcons. And then the Falcons have at the Panthers, home for the Colts, at the Bears, at the Saints. I don't really feel a schedule advantage for anybody there. Did you did anything jump uh, off the no, it just sort of seems like they, you know, they're all kind of cross playing, cross matching with each other, and they get, you know, everybody's got. Does everybody have one against the Panthers? Two out of those three have one against the Panthers, but I mean, you can kind of, it's autom- almost an automatic W at this point. So yeah, it doesn't feel like it's there's an advantage one way or the other. So who are you taking to win this division? Because I don't think the uh, other teams are going to get in. I agree. I don't think, yeah, I don't think a wild card's coming from Actually, there. Actually, Jordan, I'll, I'll be damned. So the teams okay. that are up for the for the la- the seventh spot, yep. here are your teams because the, the Eagles and Cowboys are accounting for two, and then you have the other division winners, right? So there need to be three so wild three cards. Left. So yep. that would be the Vikings at 62%. Here are your teams that are really in consideration. There's only one seven and six team. That's the Vikings. You have... The Packers at six and seven, the Falcons, Saints, and Bucks at six and seven, the Rams and Seahawks. So man, that is uh yeah. that is tricky right there, man. So uh, I guess it's yeah. wild. I th- go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think, and I could be completely wrong, but the only team that has officially been eliminated from the playoffs, I I think is the is the Panthers. Am I is there another team that's been officially eliminated i mean the cardinals are like less than one percent but like this this feels like the deepest in a season where this many teams have some sort of potential chance to make the playoffs still you know like some above you know 0.09 percent or something but yeah this is it's very wild um i god that the nfc south is so is so hard i the Saints. I, I will to me, say the, like the Bears yeah, are the are the biggest long shot with yeah. still some sort of long shot opening. So this game for the Bears is why is really important. They're five and eight. They get to six and eight, and say some of these other teams lose. Like I don't have it in front of me here, but maybe I can mess with the 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 machine. That if uh, well, where, if where they, it, I just did that. If they lose, it says they to the Browns that it drops to four percent. They're at eight percent right now. It drops to four percent. Okay. Um. And then they've got Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. I mean, I think if they lose two of the, you know, two of these last four, they're done. But it's but I think yeah, I mean four, three four percent. I think is almost about done as well. So yeah, it's a it's a big one for them. Let's uh let's do it from the lens of like picking your your teams here. So we I don't think there's any non like obviously the 49ers obviously I think we we both settled on the Eagles and then yep. uh feel like the Cowboys lock in. So we're looking for two wild cards and we're looking for two or the winner of the South. So I'm going to say the Bucks, sup Bucks, win the South. We see Baker Mayfield in the playoffs for the second time in his career. 
the Rams are getting a lot of respect from models predicting this stuff. So, and again, they beat the Browns and then they, they went out and, and gave Baltimore hell. So I think I'm going to take the Bucks to win the South, the Rams to lock in the six seed. And then I am going to give the seven seed to the Packers. There it is. I like that. I like that. So the, the Packers closing schedule is uh, they get Tampa this week. They travel to P- Carolina. That's an awful team. That's a win. And then they get the Vikings on the road. They're gonna they're gonna win that one, and then they they close their season going to the playoffs with a win over the Bears. So okay. that's where I'm at list wise. Uh, who are your three there? So you need to pick a South winner first. Yep, man i I just don't have a great feel for for any of these teams in the South. I've watched you know like the Saints. Obviously, they completely shut down Carolina last week, but that's sort of just like I just don't think their offense. And it's good enough. I just like Derek Carr has had like 1900 injuries. Um, I would love to say the Falcons. I just don't because they're the most fun to me. But yeah. I think I'm going to align with you. I'm going to align with you on the Bucks just because I think they have. I just think, yeah, but, you know, Baker can get a little hot. They can go on a they can finish up this run here and, and get into the playoffs. So I'll go with the Bucks. Um, and then you went with I, I'm with you on the Rams, actually, because I, I think their offenses offensively they're playing about as well as you know Matthew Stafford has since their sort of Super Bowl run um mm-hmm. Puka Nakua is awesome I was unfortunately uh, a live witness to what he did to the Browns and some of that stuff but I mean yeah I think to go on to on the road at Baltimore to play like that in like not great conditions I, I didn't really expect the Rams to look like that and Stafford's slinging it so I'll go Rams as well and I hope they get in because I think that would just be fun yeah um I really I like your Packers pick. I wanted to go with the Packers. I don't know if I want to just copy you exactly here. I just like the Vikings. I can you can you hold on with Nick Mullins? I just don't. I don't know. It can't <laughs> be know, any like, worse than recent Josh Dobbs, right? No, it it can't. I mean, they benched him for a reason. Um, and maybe you know with Mullins, you just feel a little more comfortable that like, hey, we can get the ball to the right place with some shorter stuff. And and if Jefferson is healthy and can play, that's obviously a huge lift. But I, I'm, I want to go with the Packers too. Some of this is just based on what would be more fun. Um, but Jordan Love up until that game against the Giants was playing his ass off. Um, and I think, you know, he'll, he'll get back to that and he'll, he'll sling it around a bit. And like you said, their schedule lines up pretty favorably. So um, yeah, I just wouldn't feel great about Nick Mullins and uh, Ty Chandler. I think they're, they're sort of, on and off running back and then trying to get Justin Jefferson worked back into that offense. So uh, I'll go Packers. I'll just copy you. And I'm sorry to the listeners who wanted some variation, but I just, Jake's so smart. I just can't, you know, I just can't do it. Yes. What a compliment. (laughs) Love to hear it. Okay. So we're eliminating the Seahawks too. That's a team we didn't take very serious. So Seahawks close. uh, They host the Eagles travel to a clearly frisky Tennessee team. host Host the Steelers and then travel to Arizona. I see two wins there is what I'll call. So they would get to eight and nine. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's either you like the Seahawks or you like the uh, the the Packers. So if you look at the Packers again, they're sitting at six and seven as well. Bucks game's a coin flip, but 
but I would say that they win their last three at Carolina, at Minnesota, and then against the Bears at home is what I would predict. So that's why I have them at nine and eight. Man, the the Seahawks odds over the last five games that this uh, playoff similar shows us have just plummeted seventy one or seventy three percent all the way down to twenty one percent. Tough, yeah, tough man. for the for the boys up in the Pacific Northwest. Twenty one percent chance to make it in. Yeah, that, that that loss. Have they had a couple recently that have been tough? No, I mean, geez, they went San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco. Yeah. Then they got the Rams before that. Whew, that's a spicy run. I mean, going Baltimore, the Washington games, whatever. But then Rams, 49ers twice, and Cowboys in the middle. That is a – imagine if they had lost that Browns game that they, they had every right Ooh, to lose. Just so. imagine. Yeah, and they've – they lost. Kenneth Walker left the game last week, I think, or two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Hasn't – yeah, they're just – yeah. So it, it's been a struggle. I, I love Geno, but some some regression on that side this year, I think. For sure. Some, some back to reality. I will say – uh, the, the thing in the NFC that is most important is these teams fighting for home field advantage. So all three are at 10 and three. Again, the NFL's predictor model here says that it's the 49ers who have a 74% chance because they have straight up beat both of those teams. So it would take the 49ers losing a game and the Eagles winning out, which I don't think is that crazy, right? Cause the Eagles schedules pretty favorable. The question you have here is, do the 49ers lose one of at Arizona versus Baltimore? Spicy. They get them at yeah. home, though. And then at Commanders and then home for the Rams. I think I could see one loss in there. I could see a loss there. Yeah. So that one's interesting. It is um, also last thing last thing on odds um, as we sort of wrap this up. But, you know, it is. I'm just looking at Super Bowl odds, not to win, just to get there. Uh, 49ers lead the way overall uh, at 42%. Ooh, 42%. And the rate at 42% is wild. Um, yeah. And then the Ravens clock in second at four. So the drop off, <laughs> that is the highest is the 49ers, but next highest is the Ravens sitting at 14%. Um, yeah, which which those are your two teams that are predicted to have yep. home field in the one seat. So not yep. crazy. So the, the other teams that they're giving a lot of respect to, Chiefs at 9%. Cowboys yep. at 9% over the Eagles at 6%. And then the Dolphins are sitting there at 8%. So this, these uh, models are still favoring the Chiefs over the Dolphins. And that's sort of fascinating to me. They have the, they're saying the Chiefs and Cowboys are the same level of football team right now. That's fascinating yep. to me. Same level of chance I, to make the Super Bowl. I think it's the Mahomes it effect. Is, it's the Mahomes effect. It has to be. Um, yep despite all their all their issues but man the way i would i'm not a cowboys person like i think i'm one of those that falls into the category of like i get annoyed by all the attention they get but i i've always really liked dak and they Mm -hmm. are he's he's playing some of those throws he made last weekend were just magnificent like he's playing out of his mind so i would love i would love for the cowboys to make a little run that would be fun um but yeah, I mean, I guess the models are going to rely on and, and trust in Patrick until he tells them otherwise. And um, so I, I get it. That's the question is, who do you want to win? Like, who if who are you yeah. pulling for in the NFC? I'm probably pulling for the 49ers. I just want to see Kyle get one. I just think it I like him, him getting one meshing with the coach I think he is um, would would him, validate a lot there. So I'm pulling for him. Get, him getting one with. Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback would be a, would be an unbelievable thing. 
It really, it really would. No matter what your thoughts on Brock Purdy are, like it would just be an an incredible thing to to have that on your resume. So that's a great storyline. This guy's really in the MVP conversation. Really is. Like what a weird year. Like I feel like the NFL with all the rule changes, and I talked with you know, I think I've talked with you and Andrew various times about how the league is becoming more reliant. Like the league should be less reliant on officiating, but it's becoming more and more and more and more reliant. And the injuries, because they don't want to address a lot of why injuries happen, are continuing to mount up in some of these turf fields and things of that nature. And it's like, yeah. is this the future of the NFL? Where you you like year over year? I think what we've always thought, Jordan, is year you you have a quarterback and you're always in it. You get you get one of the guys and you're always in it. And those are the teams that are always going to matter. It's not really, they're not going to be many other teams that make runs, right? You get the quarterback, you're always in it. But are we in this world where there are so many injuries and there's so much reliance on the officials doing a hard job that we're, we're like in just get to the, to the playoffs and get a lotto ticket mode. Because I think you would agree with me. Baseball is that way. Yeah. The Dodgers are going to get, they have yep. Shohei. They're going to go spend that 68 million. He's given them every year to go buy somebody else. The, that, the, the pitcher, I forget who the pitcher's name is. The, the, the Japanese young pitcher. Yeah. Who they met with. He's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to go get some more bats. Like, but the, the playoffs are still random as hell. Random as hell. We saw it this year. Diamondbacks. Like really? You know, so I think that the NFL has felt different than that because it always felt like you had to have a dude at quarterback to matter. But this is a question I didn't even plan to talk about in this, but it's kind of sparked to me. Like, is the future of the NFL just who's the healthiest at the right time? And like the randomness of the other things around it are balancing out a lot of this stuff. Right, because yeah. like we have simulators telling us the Bills are Super Bowl, like they're in the Super Bowl hunt, right? Like the Bills are seven and six, Jordan, and they're in the Super Bowl hunt. There's they're a three percent Super Bowl team. The Browns are a one percent Super Bowl team at eight and five. So like I the quarterbacks still matter, but what I'm getting at is like it feels more to me that if you don't have one of them, the injuries and the officiating make it so that you should still be trying to get a lotto ticket in. Because the two trains of thought have been, you know, you don't want to just be a team that gets to the playoffs because you don't have a guy at quarterback who you can make a real run with. Go do what you have to do to get the quarterback. But is that the right way now? Should you be building roster depth as much as you can and just trying to find a hot hand at quarterback through various ways, right time, right place, sign a guy, draft a guy, you know, maybe second, third, fourth round, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it feels to me there's an interesting teetering here between, like, you 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 have to do it one way, which is find a quarterback, versus you could kind of do it some other ways, right? Which is injuries matter, play the, the the officiating matters more than ever, or you get the right coach and you can take a Brock Purdy or uh, something of that nature, right? Or in this case with the Browns, kind of fight through some quarterback stuff until you find the right one that clicks with the coach or Baker Mayfield down in Tampa or whatever. Like, I think that you should just want it. My my long-winded thing here is you should want a ticket to the NFL playoffs more than ever, right? I think that there's a lot of variance that can happen here in a way that maybe uh, didn't happen five, ten years ago where you thought you had to have a quarterback to get it done, right? So 
don't know if you have a response yeah. to that, but it, it just feels like there's more injuries than ever in the league these days. Cause they added the extra game, all the travel that happens, all the, you know, you got more game. They're adding more uh, out of country games, right? Like I, I guess the thought for me is I would just rather be in the playoffs than worry about tanking for a quarterback. I think is where I kind of feel like is it is maybe not the best or, or perfect strategy, but I can see why a team wouldn't mind having that strategy versus we, Oh, we, we do what we ever have to do to go find the right quarterback because like, you know, you're watching Justin Herbert, you're watching some of these guys who can't, you know, do it themselves. (laughs) So there is a theory here that you can you can do it different ways now, maybe than than the formulaic thing that we've seen for so long. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think there's two things for me. I think one, I think in general, I still, I still believe in the importance of as you as you put it, a dude at quarterback. I still think that trumps a lot of and covers up a lot of of other things on your roster that are maybe not. Um, not as strong, um, can make up for some, you know, below average receivers. But like to to some of your points, one that's interesting to me is we just talked about Patrick Mahomes. Have we sort of seen, have the Chiefs sort of pushed to the limit? Okay, uh, what's sort of like the worst surrounding cast we can put around this quarterback to the point where even he can't really make them go where they want to go? You know, like, the stuff with Kadarius Tony having these these brain farts. Um, I mean, I think Rashi Rice is a nice player, but he's young and he's still learning. Travis Kelsey is, you know, I think there's been some signs of him starting to go to, you know, the other side of the, the 34, 35 year age gap. And like, we're seeing it where I think that frustration that you saw out of Mahomes that was, you know, yes, because of the ref call, but I think represented probably how he's felt all season. Is it like, okay, there is actually a limit of when you get a dude, what you can put around him to the point where even he's not going to be able to, to take your team offensively where you want to go. And I, and I think that's really, really interesting because I think all of us of any quarterback in the league are like, you could put whoever around Mahomes and it won't matter. Um, now, listen, they got to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, they won the Super Bowl last season and after the Tyreek Hill loss. But I think you're sort of seeing it manifesting itself a little bit now this year. So that's one. Um, two... I've always been really intrigued by you talk about coaching and obviously Kyle Shanahan is the best of the best. Um, His ability to scheme guys open and create an offense for a quarterback that is just like, you know, and this is nothing taking nothing. I think we should be able to have conversations about, about Brock Purdy while also acknowledging that he has um, an incredible supporting cast and a play caller making things easy for him. I also, it does make me wonder to your point, one is are there are there enough coaches out there that are as good as Kyle Shanahan at doing this stuff that you would feel comfortable saying you know what we're not gonna go after and tank for one of these QBs we have our eyes on maybe some second tier second tier QBs who are available and we're gonna build up the rest of the roster and then we're confident enough in our scheme and what we do where we're cool with that um, and then also just the thought of like man it's like the Jared Goff theory like the Lions exactly, are in the middle exactly. of that like. Can yep. you do enough to to sort of like, I guess where I, my big thing is there are more, it feels to me there are more avenues to feeling like you matter than before, right? Because it's tough to envision the Chiefs, like you said, with that depth issue, just being able to, to shake it off, right? You know, it's like yep. for Travis Kelsey, it's been, 
a bit of a cruel summer. I'm, I was really hey trying now. hard to fit some songs in there. Hey <laughs> no, but listen, I, I do think there are avenues here to, uh, I'm no Jim Nance, avenues here to, <laughs> like, you don't, like, I feel like in the back in the day, you had to have Peyton, you had to have Breeze, you had to have uh, Brady, right? To, to, to be like a team that you felt could really win because it didn't feel like the injuries were as prevalent, didn't feel like the officials controlled as much. And I feel like, the the quarterback contracts are getting so fat that as depth becomes a bigger piece of the need than ever before to supplement these guys, I'm just wondering if there's a, a shift in the next decade away from feeling like there's only one avenue to being a long-term competitor, right? Yeah. That's what I'm and interested it's a- in. It's a great question, and I I wonder if teams will sort of look at what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson and be like, boy, even if he played average, was that was tying up that kind of money because you thought this was a dude, and he had been a dude in the past. Now there are right like a lot of circumstances that are maybe a little bit different uh, as opposed to just getting a normal quarterback that's on the free agent market, but like. I think it's a really interesting point. I think, you know, the counterpoint to that, I guess this season, maybe not counterpoint, but like, you know, the Texans getting CJ Stroud, that that immediately has changed their franchise and the trajectory of their franchise and where they're going. So I, I do still lean toward if there's a dude, get him. But I think to your point is there are more ways now. And because of these quarterback contracts, because of, the prevalence of injuries, if you feel super confident in both like what you can do offensively with the coaching staff and your skill position players, like I, I, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting thought thing. I think like it's hard to compare people to Kyle Shanahan, but I think there's a blueprint there where, you know, we always joke about what's the worst quarterback he could drop into his offense and still like get to the Super Bowl. (laughs) And they literally picked, they picked the last player in the draft and he he might and probably will do it uh, and that's just unbelievable so you know maybe it'll be an inspiration for for teams moving forward i also think there's a real group of teams that are going to challenge this theory right like the falcons are going to challenge they have a lot of talent outside yep. of quarterback but do they think that they can just navigate quarterback in different ways to continue to build the roster out around it right i think they're an interesting team for this proposition um, and, and listen, I, I don't know if there are a ton of other ones. I'm not going to spend time on this before we split here. You, you always want the quarterback, right? You always do. But what I'm saying is I think there can be a world where some teams are like, we don't need to go. Like the lions are, are a really fascinating study on this where, you know, people like the lions over the years was like, eh, it's still Jared Goff and, and Goff has been rougher lately. So I, I get it. But like, I just think that there's a path to like some of these quarterbacks who you have felt like it can be replaced, um, finding the right rhythm, the right time. And Dak is a, gr- a good example. Not that Dak has been a guy they're trying to replace in Dallas, but he's always been kind of like above average, mid good, and then has these slumpy setups. But like they, you get them and you give them enough. Matt Ryan's another one. Like they're good, but then you get them in the right time, right moment, right season, right like coordinator situation, and it's like oh. They can do more than just manage this thing. They can make throws. They can make reads. They can make checks. And it's like, you know, I I don't, uh, people are almost quick to want to 
tear these things down and rebuild it where it's like somebody like the Falcons who are going to be out of that quarterback range or the Titans who are out of that quarterback range and might have found something here with Will Levis is like you don't need to tank tank to get in a position to still take some shots at quarterback and still win ball games along the way and get a ticket into the playoffs. Yeah. And I just to sort of, yeah, put a bow on this. I, I, this is why to me, you know, the offensive scheme, look, I think I I believe in the, the saying that talent will always beat scheme, but, or Trump scheme. But I do think that having the ability to have an offensive scheme where you feel confident enough that you could drop in a average to above average quarterback. And, you know, you look at, you know, just like Ben Johnson in Detroit, just like we talked about. Um, even this is why I've always been so high on Stefanski because I think, yes, you can, we can argue and we have argued about how with Deshaun, what the offense looked like, how they used them, how maybe they weren't quick enough to make adjustments. But for the, for the most part, for Stefanski's tenure in Cleveland, guys are open. He is scheming guys open. There are throws that can be made. Um, there are running lanes to be found. And I think you're just seeing that right now with Joe Flacco, where this dude was just chilling, literally just chilling. And he comes in and he's throwing for over 300 yards in his second start. So like, I, I think that part of it is so important because then that's the difference between, I think like you look at Justin Fields um, who played well last week, but what if you took that guy and you put him, what if you put him on the Atlanta Falcons? What you, what if you put him in an offense with a proven coordinator who is going to do fun things with Justin Fields. Would Justin Fields then play better because he has the confidence and he's in a system that fits him? You know, it's like that type of thing. And I always think like that's so important because the difference between teams that um, are not doing that on offense for their quarterbacks and the teams that are is so vast. And then I think you just have your net can be a little bit wider of the type of quarterback that you can go after because you feel confident there. So I think that that makes the the coordinators and the schemes to me so, so important. Right on. Let's wrap it up. Good conversation. Just something to pay attention to when you consume the NFL the next five years or so. Like what, how are teams viewing what they have to do to go to the Super Bowl? Are they altering away from the, we have to tank for a quarterback to get there because, you know, again, tanking for a quarterback bottoming out your roster isn't always the greatest path to figuring it out either. So uh, many different ways to view it, many different ways to approach team building. And I think that there's a chance that the thoughts on that expand, particularly because of the injuries and the evolving rules of this league. So there you go. Thanks to Jordan for being here. I know we appreciate you guys making this show a part of your Thursday. Uh, We will hopefully get uh, blessed with some Andrew Spade time next week when we get Jordan on at the same time and get back to our usual grind and, have a week's more worth of data to map out where the AFC playoff picture is going and hit our late season predictions on that. We will do that then. So thanks for stopping by guys. Appreciate you being here, continuing to enjoy this coverage of the Cleveland Browns. So uh, as we always say, uh, be well, and we will catch you on Friday's episode behind enemy lines and a little bit of other stuff around uh, getting ready for the bears until then go Browns.